Hi, this is John Ojaka from MusicMarketingManifesto.com, and you're listening to Behind the Note Podcast. You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, thank you for pressing play today. This is episode number 45, and today's episode is about music marketing. As a matter of fact, you can simply take off music in the front and simply call it marketing because that's really what it is. This is something that we do in every other type of business, not only in music. And at its core, all we're really doing is talking to people. Just remember that, and it might help you when you're doing your marketing part of your business. So I'm going to begin today by talking about direct response marketing. Now, this is something that was first introduced on Behind the Note podcast in episode number seven when we were talking with John Ojaka. So go back and listen to that if you haven't already. I'm going to be talking about a lot of things that John already addressed. However, he really talks fast and uh, we're going to really break it down today. All right. So we have episode seven available for you. Now, let's answer the question first. What is direct response marketing? In the simplest form, Direct response marketing is a form of advertising that allows you as the musician to go directly to your fans. That's it, period. We know that it used to be that you have a middleman in the record label. That's no longer the way we need to do business in the 21st century. So that's all it is in the, in, in the simplicity. You as the musician communicate directly to your fans. But what does that really look like? Now, there's so many different types of ways to communicate. And really, you can use all of those types of communication. Now, some forms of communication are better than others. And just because you have the ability to do one thing doesn't necessarily mean that's what you want to put your energy into. So I'm really just only going to address what I believe uh, is the best way, short of having a face-to-face -face conversation, because that's that's the best way. But uh, that's not always the best way to spend your time when it comes to uh, multiplication and, and exponentially multiplying your efforts. So I think the best way to do that is through email marketing. But before we get to email marketing, we're going to talk about that. But first, before you email somebody, what are you, who are you emailing? So the first thing that you need to do is know your customer. And what does that mean exactly? Well, who, first of all, I want to say answer the who, what, where, when, and why about your target audience. Now, that's a, that's a magic keyword right there. Target audience. You don't want to speak to everybody. If you do try to speak to everybody, you end up not speaking to anybody because people hearing your message will ignore you. They'll they'll notice that you're not speaking their language and they'll they'll ignore you and they'll keep on going about their business. So who do you want to communicate with? Who is your target audience? 
Everything you do in your marketing should be targeted to a fine point, one specific person or a type of person. And so how do you discover your target audience? The answer to that question is this. Many times you can find the answer. How do you discover your target audience? Many times the answer to that question can be discovered just by looking in the mirror. It's really important to know as much as possible about the likes and the dislikes and the demographics because this will help you communicate better to your target audience. So, for example, you'll communicate differently to a 22-year-old male earning $28,000 per year that loves to snowboard versus communicating with a married 43-year-old mother of three children who also happens to be a business owner and takes home $400,000 annually and tastes wine as a hobby. So those are two totally different type of people, and you will not speak to them the same way. You will not use the, the same language, the same lingo. You won't even go physically to the same places to find these people. So when you're, when you're marketing, it's the same exact concept. All right, now we're going to get to the email part shortly, but just remember in your writing your emails, you want to use the language that your target audience will understand and use a language that they naturally speak. And like I said a few minutes ago, most of the time you if you look in the mirror, you're you're the target. You're the target you're trying to reach. So that's really something that's natural and easy because you're a lot of times end up talking to yourself. Now, let's answer the what. You need to know what their deepest desire is. And you also want to know um, either their deepest desire or their most pressing problem. And in understanding the desire of the problem, this will allow you to speak to them. So like we said a minute ago, you want to speak their language, but what are you going to speak about? Now, the a way to capture their attention in the beginning in this world full of noise that we live in is to talk to their problem or their desire. And, you know, just let's use uh, television as an example. It, you see television, uh, the stare, there's the, oh, what's the name of the device that the old people use and attached to your stairs and it takes you up. You can sit down in a chair. You can ride up the stairs. You don't have to walk. So that commercial, they, they talk to the fear or the problem of the person who has trouble walking up and down stairs. They say, hey, look, you can sit down in this chair and catch a ride up a flight of stairs. You don't have to worry about falling. We made it easy for you to maneuver because, look, the chair swivels. Oh, don't worry about if there's a power outage because... There's a reserve power source that's unique to the chair. So they think about the problems. They know you're having an issue. Another, another example is um, the new tub. I don't know how new it is, but there's a tub designed, 
again, for older people where they do not have to step up and over the tub to get in, but just walk straight in. They can close the door and they don't really have to sit all the way down. Like in a normal tub, you have to sit down basically on the floor. This tub has a chair in it. So you just squat down like a high stool. That's a problem that they're speaking directly to. So somebody who is fit and young and 28 years old, limber, who plays sports for a living, does not have that problem. So that advertisement does not apply to them, nor was the intent nor were they the intended market so that's just a good example uh i'm trying to think of some other examples on the spot but i think you i think you understand the point there so the best marketers have a way of speaking directly to your problem in such a way that makes you say man i feel like she's speaking directly to me or you might say to yourself wow they know exactly what i'm going through so that's a sign that you have really nailed your target audience. Also, where do your where does your target audience gather information? It's your responsibility to know the answer to that, to that question and be there to help them. And then you also need to know what what do you have that they need? You have a solution. So you have the chair that rises up the stairs and down the stairs you don't have to worry about falling. I'm going to ride you down. You don't have to worry about falling. Or, again, the fear of falling, um, the bathtub. Walk straight in. You don't have to step up and over. You don't have to kneel all the way down to the ground. I've, I'm solving this, this fear for you or this problem. So know what solution you have to the problem, and that's automatically going to get their attention. All right? So... For you as a musician, I'm going to use myself as, a, as an example because I know for what it is for me. So pay attention when you go out to play. Number one, who's paying attention to you? Really, really take note of who's paying attention. In the beginning of your career, you may, you may not know exactly who you're playing to. Now, of course, it will help if you know before you get out there what your goals are as far as your target audience. But sometimes you don't you just don't know. You start playing because you like playing, right? And so that's how it is for most of us. So I'm saying pay attention to who's paying attention to you. Pay attention to who's following you. Who do you see at a lot of gigs? Who comes back week after week, month after month? Answer the questions of the demographics. How old are they? How old are they? Are they are they young? Are they old? Are they black? Are they white? Are they Hispanic? Uh, what are they interested in? I'm sure if they come often that they talk to you and they say, thank you. And I like the second song you played tonight. Well, what was that second song? Ask them, why did they like that second song? What was it about it? And you just you take that in and you adjust accordingly. Maybe you can make uh, more music like the second song in that set because it was a favorite for example. And and when you do that, you're you're catering more to your target audience. They're going to be that much more interested in you and then they'll feel like, "Man, I can't miss the next show. This this is getting better every time I come," right? Then they start telling their friends about you. 
And word of mouth is the best advertisement, right? So that's just an example. For me, I noticed that most of the people who come out to the shows time and time again, who show the most interest over time, are women in uh, their, their uh, about 40, about mid-40s, okay? That's just something that I noticed. So now I can talk to them. I know that it's a middle class a working woman. Most of the time they're single. I know that they're also uh, often divorced. That's just valuable information to know uh, so you can cater to them in, in your in your speaking and in your performances from the stage. All right. So that's just an example. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Have you ever seen the show Shark Tank? There's a saying by Mr. Wonderful that I like, and he says, know your numbers. That's it. You know, oftentimes, if you've ever seen the show, he'll just get straight to the numbers and he'll ask questions about about how much money they're bringing in, how much time they've been in business, what are the conversion rates. He wants to know numbers. He makes his decisions based on the numbers. So in the future episode, we'll talk about advertisement, paid advertisement. Um, there's a lot to say about that. That's not what this episode is about. But I'll just say on that note. Know your numbers. Once you know your target audience, who your target audience member is, then you can advertise to them and use paid advertisement. And paid advertising will allow you to uh, move a little faster. However, you won't really have that personal connection that you can get over time. So there's a trade off there. But uh, paid advertisement certainly does have its benefits. So about that for today, I'll just say know your numbers. Check your stats, measure your stats, know how much you're paying for your ads, how much money you're bringing in from those ads, adjust accordingly, adjusting is huge, adjust, rinse, and repeat. And that's all I say on on that subject until a later episode. Now let's talk about email marketing for, for the rest of the episode. Now I got some email marketing stats here I'm going to read to you. And first of all, I always say this. I'm going to say it again. Collect email addresses. If you're not, start. Okay? You don't want to put a great opportunity to waste. When you're performing, there's somebody who's interested in your show. Go to that person. Be bold. Have a conversation. Just talk to them. And ask for their email address. The worst that can happen is that they say no. And that's not so bad. So I have some email marketing statistics right here for you. I want you to listen to this. Number one, 44% of email recipients made at least one purchase last year based on the promotional email. So if you have an email list and you sell to them eventually, 44% made at least one purchase, at least. Number two, and, and I got that from convinceandconvert.com and uh, number two is from the same site number two roughly half of an email list will be active that's really important because it lets you know how much work you have to do i mean that's a number that's a number that's math you can look at it and say okay i have this number my goal is higher or whatever so they say uh 1000 true fans is what will allow you to make a full-time living now, 1,000 people, that's a lot. Some people will believe that it's not in, in uh, email marketing world. But imagine that you're sitting 
or standing on stage and you're performing for 1,000 people, that's a lot of people. If you got 40, now there's an there's a, there's a email open rate. Everybody doesn't always open your emails, right? So you, you're going to need more than 1,000 people on your list. Maybe you go for 2,000. I don't know what your goals may be. But you have one, when you have 1,000 true fans, true meaning the people that engage, that open your email, that actually come to your shows, maybe they reply on your um, blog posts or your social media sites, they share your content, they, they tell people about your music. Those people. You can earn a real living thanks to them. So don't leave a performance without asking for an email address. That's really important. So uh, number two is half of those people on your list will be active. All right, number three. For every $1 you spend, $44.25 is the average return on that on that email marketing investment. That comes from experience. So a, a minute ago when I was saying know your numbers, that's a very good number to know. For every dollar you spend, you'll get $44 back. That's on average. It, of course, it always depends on what you're selling in your situation. But that's just an average number. Number four, email conversion rates are three times higher than social media with a 17% higher value in conversion. In other words, your your email list is more valuable than social media. So if you, if you write a message on Facebook about your performance coming up, you're going to have a better attendance, better conversion Ver, um, on your email market, on your email list. Write the same message on your email list, you're going to get a better response than you do on Facebook. So don't only depend on social media. That social media is a supplement to your email list. And that, and that stat comes from McKinsey and Company. Number five, email is nearly 40 times better than Facebook and Twitter at acquiring customers. Period. Nothing else to be said from McKinsey and Company. Number six, 70% of people say they always open emails from their favorite companies. That comes from Exact Target. So think about this. You have a concert. People enjoy your show. They're on high because they, like, they like what you play. You go out, you say hello, or you go to your Merc table, you say hello, shake hands, get to know them, look them in the eye. And now you've actually physically made a connection. You, you touched them physically touched them you shook their hand now they don't know you well but now they have a face to put with the name this status suggesting that 70 percent of people will open your email now because you're one of their favorites now so that's something that's worth uh, going deeper into that's something that's worth not passing up number seven 95 percent of people that opt into email messages from brands find the messages somewhat or very useful. So that's we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, but really what you should do uh, in your emails is provide some help, something that they actually need. We're going back to solving their problem or feeding into their desires. Number eight, people who buy products marketed through email spend 138% more money than people who don't receive email offers. How about that? So your email list is that powerful. That comes from convinceandconvert.com also. So you can check these uh, these statistics out for yourself. 
So in episode number seven, John Ojaka was talking about an email series. What is an email series? I'm going to answer that the best as I can right now. What goes into an email series? Number one, somebody needs to sign up for your email list to start with. Uh, but why are they going to do that? Now, the, the let's say 1A, before they sign up, they have to know that signing up is an option. So it's your responsibility to get their attention. How are you going to get their attention? Now, we're musicians. You know, we have the the uh, power of performing on stage. You know, we have we have a way about us that everybody does not have. So if you're if you're performing often, you're ahead of most people just right there. But it's not enough to perform, right? You always have to be active in making connections. I've said that so many times in just this one episode alone. So, and I'm sorry. So you have to make people aware or that you exist or grab their attention. Do that through performing or paid advertising, paid advertising, or get creative, whatever. I have a podcast that you're listening to right now. Maybe you didn't know about me before this podcast. So that's a good example. Get their attention. And then they'll sign up for your email list. Number two, normally you give an incentive to join and the possibilities are only limited by your imagination as to what those incentives can be. Some people give music downloads or PDF downloads. I have received a a free book in the mail by some guy who was very aggressive in his marketing and i read the book because it was free and it was actually a good book and that's another thing when you're giving away these free freebies make sure they're actually good quality do not adopt the mentality of it's free so i'm just going to give this away so if you're giving away a download of music make sure it's now it doesn't have to be good don't hold your okay i'm getting ahead of myself You want to give away good stuff, period. So if you have studio quality recording that you paid a lot of money for to produce, give that away. Give it away. You might have an alternate take. Give it away. Now, with that being said, don't don't allow the lack of high quality prevent you from taking action, right? Now, you do have some recording gear if you want to go the MP3 route. You have some recording here that you can get a decent recording, right? Use that, but always put your best foot forward. Now, if you can if you can create a better looking PDF than uh, MP3, use the PDF. If it looks better than MP3 sounds, go that way. So you want to put your best foot forward. Number three, people receive emails from you on a regular basis. This is what goes into creating an email series. The regularity of the emails they receive to you is important. Now, the largest amount of time that should, uh, should that should pass before a person does not hear from you is six weeks. That's that's the time where you're kind of playing around with people forgetting about you and either deleting you or not opening your email at all, or even worse they might click the spam button. Now you don't you can't really stop people from doing that and it's not spam if they signed up, but people do that. And 
a way to prevent that from happening is to uh, improve on the frequency that you're communicating. All right. So six weeks is the absolute longest period that should go by. Now, it takes a lot to to write. I mean, you have to physically sit down and write. Right. So um, some people do it every single day. Others do it every other day. Some people do it once a week. Some people do it biweekly. Some do it once per month. Whatever you choose, be consistent. That's the most important thing. And I've actually learned this lesson the hard way. Number four, these emails should actually be helpful and teach or entertain or both. If you do both, that's the best. Uh, They should be helpful to the reader. They should entertain and they should teach. Remember that it's better to give than it is to receive. Number five, one day all of the giving, all of your giving will be returned to you when you have something to sell. Now, remember this point. Be genuine. Be yourself. I'm not saying that you should give for the purpose of receiving at a later time. My point is, though, that when you give continually over and again, that one day you're going to have something you're going to you're going to ask for something eventually. It's just human nature. And when that day comes, it'll be easier for somebody to say, oh, yeah, man, you've been so nice to me. You've given me so much. Of course, I'll of course I do this for you. Of course. Of course, I'd be happy to, more than happy to. So that's where we're coming from here. So remember, number six, remember to give first and give often. Number seven, it's easier to give a product away via download than it is to mail a physical product. So do what fits your brand and do what fits your audience best. And I'm going to give you some couple more tips. Uh, Number eight. Here's some email marketing tips, and this is based on the conversation we had in episode number seven with John Ojaka. Customize your landing pages. Your landing pages send the user directly to the item that you are offering uh, for sale. It's your featured item in the email. Now, when you do this by using a landing page, you can increase conversions by more than 25%. Secondly, write your emails as if you're writing to a friend that you know very well. When you're writing your friends, think about this. You don't send photos in every email that you send. No, actually, matter of fact, when you do send photos, you might, I know for me, I'll have a an attachment. It'll be a file. And then I might say something like, here it is, because Gmail or or iCloud, Apple Mail, they don't like it when you send empty emails. They'll say, hey, your body is empty or your subject is empty, right? So they will send you a reminder. But normally it'll just be an attachment. And you'll say, here's the picture I told you about, period, send, right? And the subject line might just simply say photo. So then why will your friend open it? Because they see your name. Oh, okay. I, yeah, here's Chris sent me something. Okay. Oh, it's a photo. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that. So when you're writing an email, it, it should be a similar or exactly the same concept. Number one, the person you're sending sending it to knows you by name. Number two, they they say, oh yeah, that thing we were talking about, and that's why it's important to stay in in com, uh, consistent communication. Uh, so when you send emails, don't really send a lot of photos. Don't send too many links. One or two links maximum. 
If you do send more than that, you really risk a, t- a chance of ending up in the spam folder. And I don't check I don't check my spam folder maybe once or twice a year. All right. Don't send your logo. Nobody you don't send your logo to your friends. All right. Think about that. And in anything else like that. So you don't need the photos, you don't need the uh the columns, you don't need the links. Uh, at least one or two at the most too. All right? No logos. So in other words, write a simple letter to your friend. Call them by name. If you if you know their name, you should call them by name. So those are my email marketing tips for you. And remember this. In 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 your marketing efforts, you want to force people to make a decision immediately as soon as possible. If you if you are able to get them to make a decision, great. You win. They win too. If you're able to get a yes immediately, you won. If you're able to get a no thank you, I'm not interested. You have also won, and so have they. You really want to stay away from the person who is like, ah, indecisive. So force people to make a decision. And that's why landing pages are important, because a good landing page, you only have two decisions, yes or no. And you're going to click on it within, I don't know, I don't know what the actual stat is, but it's, it's seconds. It's seconds. You make that decision quickly. You can either purchase or X out. And there you go. So that's all for today. Thank you for pressing play. I'm glad that I was able to help you, hopefully, on email marketing tips and music marketing for the do-it-yourself musician. I appreciate you. And we'll catch you in the next episode. God bless you. Thank you.